on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today, we have Q and AF. That's where uh, we do Q&A. You can submit your questions to... Guys, email those questions in to askandy at andyforseller.com. And I know most of you guys listen on audio platforms, but if you go on YouTube and you watch the video, which more and more people are doing, that's pretty cool. Um, you could drop your questions in the comments on the Q&AF episodes, and we'll dig some of the questions out from there. Uh, if this is your first time joining, we have multiple formats of the show. That's how the show works. So today you're going to hear Q&AF. Uh, next time you may hear something else. And the something else could be CTI, which is Cruise the Internet. That's uh, sort of the news show of what we do here. We talk about what's going on in the world, the current events. We throw some headlines up on the screen. We talk about what's going on. And uh, then we make fun of it. And then we talk about how we could potentially be a solution to the problems going on in the world. Uh, other times we have real talk, real talk. I'm going to get way more into this year. That's one of my, uh, main priorities for this show is to do a real talk every week. That's something I'm going to do for you guys. Uh, that is just five to 20 minutes of some practical advice or some big picture concepts that I think need to be heard. And then we have full length. We're also going to do a lot more full length episodes, uh, full length episodes are full length with the girth. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. They're, uh, they're a lot to digest. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. You're supposed to laugh. I pay you, bro. <laughs> All right. All right. See that? There you go, buddy. Job security right yeah. there. Yeah. And you other fuckers too. All right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, full length is just like, you know, what you're used to seeing on most podcasts. It's just uh, a bunch of people having a conversation. So we do have a fee for the show. And when I say pay the fee, it doesn't mean send me money. Although I do appreciate uh, when you support, you know, certain businesses that I may or may not be involved in um, at any given time. So I think that's cool. I like that. I appreciate that. But mainly, guys, uh, I just want you to share the show. That's how the word gets out about the show. You know, if, so if you think and by the way, if you didn't get any value out of the show, don't fucking share it. All right. Only if it's good, if it made you think, if it taught you something, if it gave you a new perspective, if it helped you, um, if it, you know, if you thought it was a, not a waste of time, I ask that you pay the, or pay the fee. And that, that's what I mean by that is share the show. So, so yeah, we've been able to maintain a very, very, very high rank podcast for nearly a decade on word of mouth. I like word of mouth. I think it's fair. And, uh, if I do good, just give us a little solid by helping us get it out there. That's all. So what's up, man? What's going on, brother? Oh, not much, man. Yeah. Not much. I mean, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, nothing new. Just getting through the week. Yeah, uh, that's real. Somebody asked the other day about that right there in your hand. What? The Fiji? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about it? Like, why why, why you drink the Fiji over the, the four bottles of the real AF water? Uh, well, I mean, let's be real, bro. I mean... That's peasant water, and this is this is royal water. Camera pans and fuck yeah. <laughs> I don't run ads on the this show. This is not an ad. Yeah, it's not, not an, an ad. ad. Uh, no, real talk though. What what I do here is uh, 
I go up to Chris's office. Okay. So my business partner, you know, every Saturday or Sunday, he carries like three of these cases up to his office, right? Yeah. And then basically over the course of the week, I drink them all. <laughs> the three cases. Yeah. And then he has to go back up and put them in. So, <laughs> dude. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Thanks, Chris. Uh, that's really where I get them. I, I don't stock these. These aren't my fridge. I have these in my fridge and I have no problem drinking these. Uh, but what I like about this is I, if I drink one of these during the show, I can know, I know that I've knocked out a whole bunch, uh, exactly the, the amount of water that I've gotten in during the show. Yeah. So like, it's really just about that. No, that's real. Yeah. So just, just help tracking with water. Yeah, for sure. Got and it. it's kind of like my routine, yep. you know? So like, uh, you know, I definitely should probably stock the cooler for Chris once in a while, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, that's the story on the Fiji, man. I, I, uh. Chris is such a good dude, man. He's the best dude. I call it my like uh, Tuesdays with Chris. I'll go up there and just chill with him for like mm -hmm. 15, 20 minutes. And like, I always leave like learning something that like I never even would have thought of. Bro, he's smart as fuck. He's really fucking smart, yeah. man. How did, you, how did you guys become friends though? Actually, we didn't like each other at first. No uh, shit. Yeah. So we both played high school football. We were in the same class in high school uh, over at Viani. And we both played football and... uh we were both pretty good and we both played the same positions. So you know oh, how that always, goes. That's always tough. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like he, we played the same positions on both sides of the ball. So like we're always competing. So it was like, <clears throat> you know, when you're young, that's like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Right. And then as school went through and we got to be buddies and shit, you know, it, it I mean, I spent all my time with the dude. Mm. And so we just came friends through, through that. And, uh, we got done with school. We're like, man, you know, this college shit fucking kind of sucks. I want to, we want to be ballers, you know, right, right. and uh, that's how the business got going. So it was, um, that's kind of the story. I mean, there's a lot to that story. I could tell. Yeah. Now, do you think that that your relationship with him is like, do you think that's an outlier? Like, do you think many business friendship relationships like that can work or do work? Or do you think like you and Chris are really just like fucking I think what makes Chris and I's partnership work the way it does, which is pretty smooth, I would say less than 1% fucking friction rate, uh, especially at this point in the game, is the fact that I am really good and enjoy doing the things that he hates doing, and he is really good and enjoys doing the things that, that I hate doing. Mm. And I think that's the key. Yeah. And I think that's important for you guys out there who are, you know, looking at starting a business or getting going. You know, you hear a story like Chris and I's and it makes, you know, everybody wants to like get rich and successful with their friends. Right. And that's a noble thing. Like, fuck, dude, I want all my friends to be successful. Uh, I want all of you to be successful. All of you guys. And, um, you know, when it comes to picking partners in the beginning of a, a business, I think it's important to recognize you, you need, you need, you can't have two or three people that want the same role, mm. right? You know, like on a football team, bro, there's a starting quarterback, right? There's only fucking one. So if everybody wants to be quarterback, you're going to constantly have this shit. All right. And <clears throat> I think the important thing when it comes to choosing a partner is that they have to actually bring something to the table that you do not have. Mm. Meaning could be skills, could be like what I just said, where he is good at one thing. 
I'm good at another thing. Now, in the beginning, we didn't know because we were none of us. We neither one of us were good at anything. Nineteen, yeah, yeah. In the beginning, it was just like most people. Hey, I want to start a business with my friend. That's the that's like I didn't know that shit when we started it, and that's just how it developed. I I figured out what I was good at and enjoyed, and he figured out what he was good at and enjoyed, and and it was the things that we both of us just so happened to, to do. The yes, Got it. and that's how it works. So like we did get a little bit lucky in that regard. Um. And then we also had a lot of conversations where, you know, hey, we need someone to be this role. We need someone to be this role. And we agreed to it and like, you know, understood that it was, there's no ego involved. It's, we have to have these things. And um, I think most people, you know, they just want to have their friend with them and they don't understand how to pick a true partner. Like a true partner should bring something that you don't have. They should bring a skill set that you don't have. Or they should bring a resource that you don't have, which could be money, right? Having a, a, a financial partner in a business is a very smart and normal thing to do if you don't have the money, right? So, um, yeah, man. And like over the course of high school, bro, like those jobs that I talk about painting stripes on parking lots and shit, we did those together. Mm. So like we both, you know, we kind of, we knew how to work together. It's almost like out of the competition, there was this... A bond. A genuine friendship. Oh, yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. No, he's like a brother to me. I mean, him and Sal, and, and we're, to me, like we're all three brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's what people fail to understand. You know what I'm saying? It's real. So, you know, there's a lesson in that for you guys starting a business, you know? Instead of three, you'll get four today. And, yeah, a little extra sauce. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> you know, pick a partner that brings something to the table, not just because they're your friend. They're your friend. Because it sounds great with your friend, but usually what happens that I've seen with uh, young partnerships is that, you know, everybody wants to like glorify the fucking face or the CEO role. And bro, you don't want that role, bro, if you don't have to take it. Like it fucking sucks. Like you get all the blame, you get all the fucking focus, you get all the spotlight for every single mistake. Like anytime anything gets fucked up, it's on you. And you know, it's Chris a lot flying every week to fucking chiefs games and shit. I'm just saying, I'm just saying <laughs> like people are like, how come Chris isn't more visible? Do you really think he wants to be right? Like, right, right. Come on, man. Right. But you know, that's part of my job and that's, that's not his job. His job is his job. So he yeah. does his job. I do my job. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's, that's how it works. So I love it. Yeah. Well, question number two. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's a good point for a lot of the younger listeners too, dude. Like the guys who are, and when I say young, I mean like young in the game. Young in business. You know, you're just starting a new business. Like people always want to pick a partner that they love because they want to be successful. And I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to have a partner that you already are like bonded with. Like I got a question the other day in my DM and the dude was like, uh, actually he texts me. I, this guy, this, this, this guy uh, texts me. I don't know how he got my number. He's like, hey man, uh, oh actually I do. He made he he did something for us a long time ago, uh, which was really fucking cool. And I remember we connected then. Now that I'm thinking about it, so he texts me and he's like, hey man, uh, you know, he's like, what do you do when it like you're working with your with your family because he works with his brother, mm. and he's like, what do you do when you work with your brother and like things get like very volatile. And I wanted to tell him the answer, but I just didn't want to, I, I, I'm, I don't do, you're not going to text me at home and we're not doing this. Yeah. Um, so, but the answer is, bro, if you're listening and here's how you work with them, uh, 
you do the best you can. You you try you try to listen, respect, and learn, and fucking work together. And then about once every three years, you beat the fuck out of each other. Okay, and then you remember that you shouldn't do that because you're both so fucking sore. Yeah. And then for the next three years, you remember how much that hurt. So you work and you respect and you learn. <laughs> and then in another three years, you beat the shit out of each other. And that's what that's how you fucking do it that's with your so brother. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's how it goes. So. You know, How do you know that, Andy? Yeah. <laughs> How do you know that? Yeah, fuck, man. Yeah, fucking DJ's first fucking assignment was to break up a fist fight between me and Sal. Dude, like, and the Real crazy talk. thing is, like, you hear you hear the stories, and it's like, oh, yeah, like. He bro, was working bro, with me for, like, three fucking months, bro. Yeah. Like, three months. And you hear these talks, man, because, like, 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 it's about, you know, they said it was, like, every, every three years or so. I'm like. Nah, bro, you thought we were fucking full of shit. I, I thought you guys were complete. I'm like, all right, yeah, I mean, yeah. I get their brothers. Okay, no, you yeah, thought yeah. we were old dudes talking shit from the glory days. Yeah, I'm that's like, what the right. fuck you thought. Because I, because I would ask him like, when was the last one? Nobody could really. They're like, oh, it's been. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah. they're not fucking. Sure, shit enough. I mean, <laughs> it's like fucking two grizzly bears in the wild, fucking going at it. For, I'm like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a rough, it's a tough spot. DJ, DJ stayed over there not knowing what to do because we're brothers. Yeah, I'm like, well, fuck. Like, okay, that guy just fucking hired me to, like, but that's his brother. Like, I mean, it's a fucking tough spot. Man. Oh, bro. Anyway, and, yeah, that's how not, you that's how you work with family. We won't even look at the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was sore after that one, bro. I, yeah, well, he had family pictures. Yeah. Oh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, dude. He was upset. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, style. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I was upset too, bro, because we were in the midst of training real hard. And yeah. That fucked me up. I got injured. Yeah. And I couldn't fucking train for like six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's brothers, though. Bro yeah. Bro boys will be boys. So let's get into these, man. I got some good questions for you. All right. Got some good ones. Let's do it. Uh, Andy, question number one. Andy, I have been absolutely killing it on my power list, crushing my task. Fuck yeah. Uh, about a week and a half ago, I had some personal problems come up and I started to slip. While I'm still dealing with these problems, I feel like it has become an excuse and I'm trying to force myself back into action. My question is, how do you keep personal issues from interfering with your momentum and how can I catch myself uh, when these issues come up? <clears throat> okay, first off, it's great that you're doing that. And it's great that you recognize that you're off track because that awareness, I think we talked about a couple shows ago. Um, that awareness is very, very hard for a lot of people to develop. So it's really good that you have the awareness that you slipped off track and that's the power of the tool, right? Like you, you're used to seeing the wins and now all of a sudden you got six losses in a row. Yeah. You're like, fuck, it's just you can see the slippage, right? So that's, that's the first thing. Uh, I, I commend you on that because that's a big deal that most people never really fucking get. Uh, but really, dude, the way to look at these kind of things and how I look at them are that when I'm going through a hard personal time and I have hard times too, guys, like, you know, I'm, my life is really fucking, you know, like pe people think, oh, because I'm at a certain point in life, that shit must be easy. It's not fucking easy. It's, it's just as hard as it is for you in a different way. Right. Like what you're you guys are out here trying to build something. You're trying to get it going. And maybe you're not like totally killing it yet, bro. You have to understand I'm in that same phase because now I'm trying to do something that's like really 
most people would say was impossible. The scale is bigger. Yeah, yeah, it's just a bigger scale. So yeah. it's I'm fighting that same fight that you're fighting. So I understand it's hard. And so when these things happen and things get hard and then personal things happen on top of it, I actually look at my tasks getting done as part of the way to work through the personal problem. Okay? So like when you're emotionally agitated and you're highly disturbed and you're frustrated and you're angry, what can center you? What brings you back? What brings you back to a place of feeling less anxious, less uh, frustrated, you know, less angry is actually finding some sort of order in your day. And if you can turn to the powerless tasks as a way, a sort of therapy to work through the personal problems or at least allow you to manage them, I find that the personal problems, the solutions to them sort of uh, reveal themselves through the process, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think for me, uh, and I, I think this is common amongst most of the people I talk to who are very successful, they use their, their tasks that they would, no, their normal routine or their, their, you know, for me, it's called the power list. Uh, for you guys, it likely is too. And if you don't know what the power list is, you can go back to listen to episode 16 in the real AF feed here. That one's not on YouTube, but it is on all the audio platforms in the feed. So if you go back to episode 16 and you listen to it, it'll explain this method that we're talking about. And this method is so important because what it does is it brings order and visual reference to how much momentum you actually have towards the life you're trying to build. And if things are chaotic, right? Like, and you know, sometimes when you get emotional, you start to like overthink and you start to like start thinking that things are worse than they actually are. And then I'm so frustrated and I'm, you know, I'm fucking it. The sky is falling on me because we all do this. We all have this, this ability to spiral out of control when things happen. Referring back to your power list, and this is also why I like an actual journal and not having it on digital. Because if you could go back to your power list, you could flip through the pages and be like, all right, look, I'm winning here. I'm winning here. I've been winning. I've been winning. Okay, I got six days in a row that I lost on. All right, well, I'm going to start that streak back up right now. And that helps you bring some peace to the whole idea of your world spinning out of control, right? I've got this in, I've got this in order, yeah. okay? At this is Right, and so yeah. that can kind of start the, 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 the like overcoming process of what it is that you're dealing with. And so that's, I look at it as an opportunity to calm the seas uh, and keep executing. And, and, it's, and it seems to work very well for me. I know it works well for yeah. me. Um, so I think it's all how you look at it. Yeah. Let me ask you this because, you know, you touch on the awareness part. Do you really think it's the lack of awareness that most people have? Or do you think it's, it's, it is the awareness, but just lack of action or, or will to do anything about it? Right? Like, I mean, no, like, bro, people I, know their lives no, are fucked up. Right? No, like, I, think, I think most people are highly unaware of how much they could actually accomplish. I think they know, like, like, okay, like, look, dude, when I was big, I was 350 pounds, all right? I knew I wasn't, I knew when I went and ate pizza or drank fucking bottle of whiskey and shit, right? 
I knew I always felt guilty afterwards. Why did I feel guilty? Because you know. Because I knew it was fucking yeah, wrong. Right. Okay. Right. So, so <clears throat> I knew that was wrong. But what I was unaware of is how great I actually could be if I moved away from that shit. You see what I'm saying? Yep, absolutely. And so when I say unawareness, I don't mean like ignorance. Mm-hmm. They're, they know something's wrong, but they're not aware enough to know how great things could be if they were to work through it, right? And in this case, when we're talking about unawareness, this person wouldn't, if you hadn't trained yourself through the tool of the power list, you wouldn't have been aware that you're actually slipping as much as you are. With the powerless tool, you can go back, you flip through, and you could be like, fuck, I got six losses in a row. That's bad. Mm. That brings awareness right to your brain of exact, where that six days for someone who doesn't have that level of awareness could be six fucking years. Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, dude, it, it's, a, it's a very, very valuable tool. I give it away for free. All right. And th- the reason I give my shit away for free, guys, is because it actually fucking helps you. So go listen to episode 16. Make yourself a power list journal. I sell one on the site. It's super high quality. It's fucking amazing. Lots of people buy it, but you don't have to buy it. Okay. You, I actually, you could use a fucking regular notebook. You go get it fucking Walgreens or wherever it is you shop. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, you could, I did it myself and I st- actually, I personally still use my original notebook. I refill the pages. It's because it means something to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. That's so true. if you want the journal, the journal's on the website, extremely popular. We sell a shit ton of them and people love them. People buy them over and over and over again. So, but don't let that be your fucking excuse. No. Nah, yeah. You don't yeah. need it. You could use a fucking napkin. All right. I love it, man. So I love it. Uh, Andy, question number two. Andy, I just graduated college. I'm 21 years old, and I'm about to enter my new career as a financial advisor. This career requires the ultimate trust between my clients and I. What advice do you have for me uh, to get the older generation to take a shot on me versus a person who's been in the game for 20 plus years? Well, you're going to have to start with the appropriate clientele. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, dude, that's, that's a hard thing to get started in. Very, very, very high turnover in financial advisement when you're young. Um, this is probably a good question for Ed Milek because that's the business that he's in. I don't know what he would actually say to this, but my advice would be um, to not bullshit about what it is you think you know or don't know. As you know, you have regulations that you can't violate, you know, and lying about the shit that you fucking know is probably one of them, yeah. um, especially when it becomes to financial advice. But I think the main thing for you to do is to learn as much as you can, uh, be around the guys in the office and the girls in the office who are really producing, learn as much as you can, become as smart as you can, and forget about your fucking age. Forget about your fucking age. No, no one comes in and says, hey, I'm 21 years old. I'm f- here. They're going to know you're fucking young, bro. But if you're smart and you know the shit and you can explain to them why they need it, the age is going to be irrelevant. A lot of people use their age as an excuse whether they're too old or they're too young and the truth of the matter is there's never a right age for fucking anything do you know what actually makes it work your depth of knowledge your ability to help them and if you can display those things uh and then also probably because you probably look young say hey here's my partner my at my at, at work who's you know 30 years in this 
she wa- she makes sure that I do everything right, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you and you start That's ways to go around. Yeah, yeah because yeah. dude, people will take shots on you because they're like, man, this young dude sharp. This young dude sharp. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like you have you have to think of it like this: because of your age and because of the industry you're in, you have to be fucking twice as good as everybody else. And so figure out what you got to do to learn the people in the office, learn from the people in the office, what skills you need practice those skills, work on those skills, know this shit better than anybody. And then forget about, and then forget about your age and worry about fucking actually helping the customers. Because here's the thing, dude, that's a big word of mouth referral business. So you can't go in there thinking, oh, I'm here to sell them some financial products. You need to be going in there thinking, how am I genuinely going to help this family in their future? Okay. And if you do that genuinely, and you actually help them, those people will tell other people. And then you'll start to build a book of business. Where people really fuck this up is that they go in, they try to bullshit, okay? They don't try to help, they try to sell, and then they never build a residual book of business. So, you know, a, a referred book of business, right? And, and that's how I would do it. I would, yeah. work it. I would work it one case at a time, one family at a time, one person at a time. And funny enough, one of the biggest lessons I talk about uh, in my meetings here in, in my companies is, hey, this is a, this is one person at a time. Mm-hmm. There is no other way. And so if you can learn that game and you can learn how to execute on one person at a time, and you can really genuinely solve their problems with a high level of competency and intelligence, y- your age really isn't going to be a factor. Yeah. Well, what's your, so, I mean, because I don't know if you were alluding to this when you first started, but like, I mean, because I'm, I'm just like thinking here. If, if he's 21, do you, like, would you recommend him maybe to target other 21-year-olds uh, in, in, the, in the space that are trying to build wealth? Or, I mean, like, I mean, what's your take on these young guys that are I mean, I'm young and young in business trying to go after these big sharks? You, you, wanna, you, know, you want the older Listen, people dude, who have millions in their bank bro, account, come on. Right? Like, You're, that's a, that's a fi- look, financial planning, and I'm not a financial planner, so, mm-hmm. but some of my friends are. Uh, Ed is, that's what he did. That's what his business was the whole, the whole time. Here's the thing. The idea that you, a 21 year old kid does no fucking shit is going to come in and fucking tell me what the fuck I'm going to do with my money. Mm-hmm. When you ain't never had no fucking money ever is fucking laughable. Mm. So you have to understand that the financial planning business is a long-term play. You are going to t- work with this family that you just sold as a 21-year-old man until you are 50, 60 years old, and they're going to grow with you. Their finances are going to grow with you, okay? And that's how you need to be thinking about it. This idea that you're going to, um, you, listen, not, there ain't a 21-year-old motherfucker out there to fucking sell me. <laughs> not a single one. Yeah. Okay? And- Every single, every single person I know over 40 years old that you think is going to come in and fucking just make you rich in one take is going to laugh in your fucking face, okay? Because they, I want someone managing my money who's fucking 60 years old, hmm. who's seen fucking everything and is still sharp enough to understand what the fuck is going on now, right? Yeah. And who yeah. has the connections at the right investments to get me where I need to be. That Nancy Pelosi shit. Okay. Yeah. Let's just be real. There's, there's levels, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right? So you're at the beginning level and there's nothing wrong with that. But if you think that you're going to go land sharks and shit, you're not going to be doing that very long. 
So you need to concentrate. I'm going to build my book of business. I'm going to grow with my families. I'm going to help them. I'm going to help them be financially successful. I'm going to look after them. I'm going to look after their best interests. And if you do that and you keep doing that and you keep doing that in 10, 15 years, bro, you're not going to have to worry about fucking money ever again. Yeah. Love it. Now, those of you that might be financial planners, you might have another way of doing it, but I'm going to tell you what, what I just told you will fucking work and it'll work on a fucking mass scale. So forget about the sharks and the fucking whales and all the shit you think. This ain't fucking, uh, uh, what's, that, what's that movie uh, where they're all stockbrokers? Ocean's Eleven? No, not Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. No, boiler Room. This ain't fucking Boiler Room. You don't know it. Nope. Well, you should. <laughs> That's right. You're laughing my jokes. <laughs> Full circle jokes. All right. There's a fucking scene in Boiler Room where they're all fucking talking about how they're going to sell all this shit. And like, they're all assholes. It's a very famous scene. I think it's Ben Affleck. But the point is, this ain't that. Yeah. This is fucking actually giving a shit. Like, if you want to be actually fucking financially well the fuck off, you will give a fuck about your fucking families. Yeah. And that concept is relevant to any business, by the way. Oh, like yeah. you could apply that whole concept to any, anything, to any business. You just got to pay your dues. Bro, peep, listen, here's where people fuck it up. They fuck it up whenever they start, they start thinking how rich they're going to get. It ain't about you, dude. If you take care of them, you, you will get where you want to go. And people think that like they're going to just snap their fingers or they're going to have one they're going to you know, have one customer or one deal that like makes their, that's not the game. The game is not grand slams, bro. The game is fucking butts and stealing bases. That's the fucking game of business. The game is butts and stealing bases and doing it for fucking, when everybody goes home at nine innings, you're there the next day still doing the shit. Like that's what the game is. The game is about fucking that. And everybody thinks it's about home runs and big giant deals and all this shit. The reality is the richest, most wealthy dudes that I know personally, they understand what I just said. It's, it's fucking bunts and stealing bases. It's bunts and stealing bases and is doing it for a long time. And if you can grasp that concept, nobody likes to hear that because it fucking, they hear it long time. Mm -hmm. But that during that time, bro, life is happening. You're, 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 you know, you're dating, you're going to college, you're, you're having good time. There's shit like this is, it's not just like you're sitting there and, yeah. you know, you have to enjoy this period of your life, dude. Like the period of life that I had where I had nothing was the fucking most fun period I've ever had. It was the most exciting too. And for those of you, you guys try to like, you know, hack your way around what is actually the, the time that you're going to learn the most. You're going to develop the most skills. You're going to develop the most character. You're going to have a great fucking time and, you know, you just want to go to the fucking party at the end of the, at the end of the road, bro. And if you go to the party at the end of the road, out the gate, you show up, you don't have any skills. You don't have any lessons. You don't have any stories. You don't have any life. You don't have shit. You're just some dude with some fucking money, bro. And that's not, there's nothing cool about that. It's cool for like a fucking day. What's really cool is the, the journey that you're on and the people that you do it with. So instead of trying to hit the home run over and over and over again and falling on your fucking face, play the long game, right? Yeah. Singles, bunts, stealing bases. That's the fucking game. Guys, Andy, our third and final question. Andy, question number three. 
Andy, I just completed 75 hard today, uh, and I will complete the Live Hard program this year. I know and I can feel the momentum that I've built from 75 hard. My mindset is totally different from, the, uh, from where it was in the beginning. My question is, do you have any recommendations on how to transfer that into my career? If I'm not happy with the results I'm getting and it just seems like every place I go, I'm the only one who wants more than just a nine to five. I am a mechanic, by the way. But how, like, how can I transfer that momentum into the career space? Any recommendations on that? Well, yeah, it's completely transferable because it changes who you are at the core. It makes you a highly disciplined, highly productive version. So if you take the attention to detail that you have uh, during 75 Heart and the perseverance that you have to show and the grit that you have to have, and you apply that to your career, okay, now you're, you're moving your career needle, okay? All of this is designed to do that. In fact, most people will tell you that when they complete 75 hard, one of the like a lot of the things they talk about is how much better their career is, how much better their relationship is, and all these things because the actual skills that you learn during that time that get that you they get finely tuned and they're at the highest level they've been for you ever. By the way, you still have a lot higher to go. You'll get there. You just got to keep going. But the point is is that they will organically flow into all areas of your life. So what you're, what you're probably, you're probably overthinking a little bit here, homie. Uh, you're thinking, you know, you're just finished it, which is fucking awesome. Congratulations. But you're thinking like, how can I aggressively get better? Right. And that's fucking great to think that way. But I think you're going to notice that that's going to happen just because you're you now and you're not the you that you were 75 days ago. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So, and by the way, this is another person, this, this guy here could benefit from uh, episode 16, win the day, because that episode will give you the exact play-by-play steps to progress your career forward that are, that are, that are, they're not abstract. You will see them in front of your face day by day by day by day. And you will learn confidence from this because you will see you checking off these critical tasks that move your life and career forward every single day. So it's not only a great way to get shit done, but it also, like 75 hard, is a great way to build fucking confidence in yourself. 100%. Yeah. I think when you say, too, it's also important to remember, like, bro, that 75 days compared to however long you've been living as that previous person, you're going to take it a couple more rounds. You know, you're, it's like this is a program. Well, for, that's why live hard is yeah. live hard, dude. It's not, you know, like, you know, one it's of the, not just one and done. One bro. of the best, <laughs> worst things that happen when it comes to 75 hard is that it got branded as a challenge right? And people only talk about the 75 days. And so that's where you get a lot of the critiques, right? You get a lot of the critiques of like, oh, uh, it's not sustainable. Bro, you're you're not understanding the program because you're fucking, you think it's a challenge. It's a program. It's a program. It's a year-long program to the day, okay? Once you understand that and you understand that program is a way of life that you're designed to repeat over and over again, and each time you do, this is why I said your discipline for this person still has higher to go, all of the skills that you created this first 75 days, which right now you're, you're like, you know, you're like a new baby, bro, seeing the fucking light for the first time, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're like, holy shit, dude, it's a whole new world. But now- you have to recognize that you can actually take that up another level and another level and another level 
and another level. And that process actually never stops. It never stops. And you'll get to a certain level, you know, where like the things that you used to like, you know, that used to hinder you or pull you off course, alcohol, overeating, uh, toxic people, bad, just bad habits, shit that you used to not be able to say no to are, are now things that you actually despise. Cause, and that's where you're going to take this. Yeah. You know, if you Bringing continue that awareness as well. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. because dude, you're, this is where, this is where, you know, people get upset with me when I talk about how to, how they don't celebrate, uh, you know, how celebrating with like a cake or whatever after 75 hard, you know, like says they didn't do the program. I say that, you know, a little too intensely. Okay. The truth is the first time you do 75 hard, if you did it, even if you did it right, there's still a chance you might go back to those things. But what you'll learn over time is you'll learn that you don't want those things that made you that person at all. You'll start to fucking hate those things. And so, you know, while I said on the other show the other day, you know, uh, might've been a little bit of an exaggeration. Okay. I make hard statements because there's so many people that fucking don't get it. You know, Oh, I'm in my garage with the windows open. Is that outdoor cardio? Like, bro, shut the fuck up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, holy <laughs> shit. Like some of you guys ask questions that are so fucking dumb that it drives me insane, which forces me to say hardline shit. Because I get so fucking tired of it. Oh, those audio books, bro. It says book. Right. What do you, what about book? Do you not understand? Book. B O O K. Book. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck. Like, I try to be cool and I try to fucking, like, <laughs> I try to be understanding and I try to talk to everybody. This is why I quit participating in the conversations regarding 75 Hard. Because they got so fucking ridiculous that I can't, it's like, bro, I can't be any more clear. There, it, these things are all there for a fucking reason. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And dude, it's just so, so what ends up happening is like, just like now I start getting fucking irritated, <laughs> right? And I'm like, you know, when I, the celebration thing, what, what, the point I'm trying to make here is that I'm much further down the road. And for me, I'm to the point where I don't fucking celebrate that shit because I don't want to fucking be anything like what I was. Okay. I don't want to go back to that. In fact, I look at the habits that I used to have and I'm like, that's what a fucking peasant would do. That's what a fucking clown would do. I'm not, I'm certainly not going to celebrate all my hard work by being a fucking clown again. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's where my mentality is. But like when you, you know, when you're first going through the program, you know, that's something that you have to learn. And sometimes I forget that because I've done it for so such a long yeah, time yeah. now. Does that yeah, make it's sense? It's been a while since it was the first. Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know. No, that's real. And bro. here's the other thing about 75 hard, dude. You know, some of you guys are fucking dicks about it. Like you really are. Like stop being fucking dicks. Like be cool. Like any community that I'm represented in, whether it be first form community or, uh, you know, fucking 75 hard or fucking Arte or whatever, bro, I don't like it when you guys are mean to each other. We got enough of that shit in the fucking world. Like being a fucking asshole ain't part of anything I want to be a part of. So fucking treat each other with respect, be cool, help each other, pick each other up. The shit we talk about on the show all the time. Okay. Cause like, dude, I see, I see, <clears throat> I see people 
being fucking assholes to each other when there's just no need for it. There's no reason. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And if we want that shit to fucking stop, guess who has to stop it? Now, I'm not saying when someone's a fuck that we don't bury the motherfucker. Yeah. I ain't saying that. When someone's out of line and they're being a fucking asshole, then we can all get together yeah, and right. instead of tearing each other down, we could bury that motherfucker. Mm -hmm. I ain't against that. But when it comes to like bickering over this or that or this or that, bro, you can disagree all you want, but be respectful, dude. Yeah, that's real. You know? It's real, man. Well, guys, Andy, that was that was four. That was four. Yeah. Share the show if you want some more. Ah. On the floor, now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bank road. Can't fold, that's a no.